This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. Now y'all know I've talked a lot about the need to leave. I'm just saying... I know y'all said, Laurie, we can't leave. We, we here. We Americans. Where we going to go? And I, y'all know my response to that is, I don't know, but we got to find someplace else to consider, just to consider. Uh, and so that, that question about the, whether or not we can leave, whether or not we should leave, it features very prominently uh, for those of us who are kind of concerned about the overall state of affairs. And my guest today is someone who actually has taken the leap. She didn't just navigate the question. Uh, she and her beautiful family have actually done the thing. Uh, welcome to the show today, the amazing Brie, uh, who is with us today. She is a DC native who over the years has become very passionate about spiritualism, connecting with people, uh, and deep intentional reflection. And if you follow her Instagram account at energy underscore vibration, uh, you'll see that she's married to an incredible man, uh, and that they welcome their son, uh, both of their children uh, are there with them living in international spaces. She powers uh, or empowers her clients through a language education and cultural immersion program. So she's not just living in other countries. She's running businesses. She's parenting in other countries, which means y'all know I have questions about school, about education, about all the things that she and her beautiful family have been able to accomplish. Uh, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the Laurie Daniel Favors Show, the amazing Bree Brown. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful for this opportunity, sis. I have been eagerly consuming your uh, videos and your IG account. Uh, it's just, it gives me life on a regular basis. You all have accomplished what I think so many people want to accomplish, uh, which is that you have been able to pick up and leave and apparently have done so in ways that have been very empowering. Can you talk with us first about just your story? How did you all meet in, in this other country? Where did you meet? How did you get there? Just take us through your journey a bit uh, because the audience has questions about how we can all consider uh, possibly doing what it is you've been successfully able to accomplish. Absolutely. Um, so we actually were introduced to where we live, which is actually called Key Cocker Belize. Um, we were introduced to the island in 2019 when we came here for our mini moon. Um, it was really uh, kind of divinely aligned because my husband, who surprised me with the honeymoon here, had actually not left the country at all wow. um, at that time. But, you know, doing some deep diving, you learned about Belize and Key Cocker and some of the islands off the coast of Belize, which are truly magical. So we first came here in 2019. Um, when we left, I was like sobbing, I mean, bawling my eyes out because I did not want, there was just something about this island that really imprinted me on a very, very intentional and spiritual level. So um, in all of our efforts to get back to the island for vacation, we couldn't because of COVID, obviously. Um, we got pregnant four months after our honeymoon. Um, and so we were finally able to come back last March for our two-year anniversary. Um, and it was spectacular. And we realized that despite, you know, the devastation of COVID, somehow this little island was still able to preserve its magic. Mm. Um, and so that was something that really stuck. And so we came back <laughs> like a month later, we brought Josiah, our oldest, you know, because we wanted to see, you know, what's it like 
for like a month. What is it like, you know, outside of the lens of vacation and paradise and all the things. And also we wanted to see what it was like for our, for our son. Um, and so we came back for a month. He, you know, he's a Pisces. So he just flourished. He was yeah. surrounded by water and <laughs> the locals loved him. And they really took to him and people were really nurturing because I was pregnant at the time. And so in that month long stay, we decided, you know, to take the leap. And, and that, that was that. Mm. So you mentioned, I just want to make sure I heard this correctly. At the time that you made yeah. the decision to make the leap, your husband hadn't, you said the first time you went, he had not ever left the country. Did I hear that correctly? Exactly. Can you talk with us for those who are similarly situated? They've never left the country before. So the idea of taking a trip outside of the country just for vacation is a big deal. How does one go from having never left the country to within the first couple of trips, like, oh, yeah, outside this country is exactly where I want to be? What was his thought process as he was navigating those changes? So I think, you know, I think what's beautiful about my husband and what's beautiful about our connection is that we both operate in a very... Um, divinely guided way. Mm. So, you know, for him to, I, I think he just surrendered to what was available and what was communicated to him through spirit. Um, I don't actually know his process of even discovering Key Cocker because again, I, I thought we were going to LA, sis. I thought we were having wow. a small, cute little honeymoon, you know, in the States because we were still working full time and all that. So, I don't know what rabbit hole, you know, divinely guided rabbit hole that took my husband to Key Cocker. I don't know what that looked like, but I know that he had never left the country. And then for our honeymoon, we were in Belize. And three years later, you know, now we live here. <laughs> mm. So let's talk about what happened in those three years, because again, I, I have a secret vision. Uh, I'm getting out. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I, it, it's happening. I just, I just, I regret. I, I see the pictures of your beautiful babies and I'm like, I wish we had done this earlier. Or I wish during the pandemic we had gone to like, I think uh, Barbados had like a, a travel visa for people who wanted to come and work for an extended period of time. Everything was remote. The kids were remote. We actually could have done it, but regrets and they, they shall live in the past. So let's talk about this three year transition period. How how did you go from this is my most magical vacation ever and where I always want to come back to, oh, no, we could stay. <laughs> we don't like what was that leap for you? So honestly, sis, it's like, you know, the way in which my husband and I met was truly magical. And that's I think, you know, from the very beginning, we always knew that there was a lot of really good energy and really like high vibrating energy that surrounded us. And so when we got married and we like made the conscious and intentional decision to pursue life together, you know, we were also willing to just surrender to wherever spirit wanted us to be our best, mm -hmm. right? Either as spouses, as ourselves, as entrepreneurs and as parents. So when we had our first son um, and he was born March, 2020, he was born, you know, 48 wow. hours before the entire world shut down. Wow. And you know, although it was, you know, difficult, it was also kind of a blessing because in my most vulnerable state, I was home with my baby and my husband. Mm. So it was actually really nice, but it was like within a few months we realized, all right, we're going to need bigger space at that time. And girl, this was, this was 2020. So this was not like that long ago. Right. Um, Key Cocker was not, or living in Belize was not on our radar at all at all. We were very much like, okay, 
you know, we're doing things by the book. We got married and then we got, a, we have a baby and now we're going to buy our house and we already had the dog and the cat. All we were missing was the white picket fence. Right. <laughs> so we, you know, bought a big house in, in the suburbs and, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I can say, I do know what happened. Something shifted in that house where we realized that we were not living on our own terms. Mm. And one, there was a lot more crime that happened in the neighborhood than had been advertised previously. So I really started to feel unsafe as a young mother and, you know, a mother to a boy, a son, mm. um, and then, you know, a black mother to right. a also a black husband. Like I just really started feeling unsafe. Um, hmm. girl. And then when George Floyd died or was killed hmm. and we were all stuck in the house watching these, this scene, and you know what I'm seeing, I'm talking about yep. over and over and yep. over and over and over again, it shook me to my core. And it was at that very moment that I realized that I could not parent love or exist freely hmm. in the United States where something like that can not only happen, but can be repeatedly shown over and over and over and over again. Mm. And, you know, maybe, maybe it was dramatic of me, but I felt like it was almost intentional how often they were showing it because I'm in a, cause I, I said to myself, you know, what are they trying to tell us by right. showing this right. so often? What are they trying to say with regard to our freedoms, liberties, and our safety. Mm. So at the point that I got pregnant again, a few months later with another boy, there was this reality check that, that came to me. And I'm like, wait a minute, the safest my boys will have ever been was during those nine to 10 months of pregnancy. Jesus. And there is literally nothing I can do to make sure that they're safe. Nothing. And that level of helplessness made us decide, well, we'll do whatever it, we will literally do whatever it takes to be able to parent and love freely. Mm. So that March, because again, this all like it, it all happened in divine timing. That March, we're like, we need to get out of here. And we need to leave Joe with his grandparents because I was like, I need time with my husband. <laughs> like sometimes you have to reclaim that time yeah. when you have kids. Yes. And last March, I was just like, look, you know, we had a spectacular time in Key Cocker. But again, on the way back, I started sobbing because I'm like, I, I didn't realize this, but I don't want to live a life from which I so desperately need a vacation. Wow. So it's like there were all these things that were coming together. You know, one, the realization that I cannot protect my kids mm. in the country where I pay taxes and I was educated and I have student loan debt. And no matter how well I operate as a citizen of the United States, there is nothing I can do to protect myself, my children or my husband. Mm. So I'm like, well, that's not going to work. In let's, addition, let's, pa let's pause there. So since for, we're now a second, 
Let's pause there because I feel I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a wave of emotions as I'm hearing you talk. I've got the, the hair standing up on my arms. I feel chills because I hear you articulating fears and concerns that I know intimately. I hear you articulating when you said you couldn't parent love or, or exist freely here. And, and the idea that all of us are parenting and loving in spite of uh, we're parenting and loving in spite of the fact that we don't feel safe parenting and loving in spite of the fact that we know there, but for the grace of God go we, and, and normalizing that. I, I think that's the part I hear you in your words. I hear a refusal to normalize that, which we have been really trained to accept as sort of the default existence for black people. And I think I'm overwhelmed in this moment because the idea that you were able to break out, right? It's almost like one of us got free. Like one of us decided this wasn't normal and decided to do something about it. It, it causes, I, I'm fe- I have to just acknowledge that it is causing me to feel a, a feeling away about the fact that you made it out and you escaped. And I'm, that is in turn causing me to feel a way about the fact that I did not. And so I just need to acknowledge that because it's creating sort of this dissonance yeah. within me. And I, I feel like, your ability to say, I don't have to tolerate this. I think that's what's so striking to me. What was it? And I, Shayla, we're going to have to ask her to come back because I, I already know we got more to unpack here. <laughs> what was it that caused you? And I know you acknowledge that you have a very spiritual rooted experience, you and your husband, that, that seems to be sort of a theme for both of you. But to then come back from that one month where you done left the child with the grandmama, you on your way back and you like, what well, we ain't doing is this. What was that motivating yeah. decision? Well, it was, so we left the baby during our, like, you know, it was like a week, a little under a week in March. And then we came back for a month with the baby and just seeing it's like, girl, it, it was that, that, that sigh of relief Mm. that it took 33 years at the time to finally breathe. Like Mm. it was just that unloading of generational trauma and generational fear and just wanting so badly to live this life, right? Of the big house and the big cars and the luxury this, and we're black and we've made it and deciding like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. And we had that, we had physical size of relief where we said, all right, because it's all for us, the life we were living was an illusion. So the first thing that we did when we got back sold the house, I mean, within, in fact, we had contacted our realtor while we were in Belize and we're like, we want to sell the house. And she laughed because she had just sold it to us less than a year prior. So she's like, all right, well, like the market's hot. So when you guys get back, let's get to work. And that house was sold probably within a month. Mm. And then we, well, no, it sold within three weeks. We closed, we moved out, we moved in with my mother. We had the babe, the second baby, because we still had, we were still doing all this while I was, you know, seven or eight months pregnant. Mm. Um, so we delivered the baby, we moved in with my mom. My husband also like retired early from his government job and pursued entrepreneurship full time so that he could run that on the island, from the island, I should wow. say. Um, you know, at one point we got COVID. I mean, 
we had so many obstacles and we had so many opportunities to say, okay, come on now, this is crazy. Mm. But we were, but we kept saying to ourselves like, no, we are, we are literally going to do whatever it takes to exist in true freedom. And so despite getting COVID while my baby was what, six weeks old, um, you know, we got through that. We spent some time in Louisiana just to, my husband's from like the rural rural part of Louisiana. So mm-hmm. out there, it's just like acres of land and family, you know, so we got some time outside of the matrix that is DC. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you know, we're selling furniture and we're packing our bags and we're buying things that we need for the island and checking the COVID restrictions for Belize. Um, and then March 17th came and we, we boarded the plane with seven suitcases, our stroller and our two kids. And this really big dream. <laughs> mm. And now you're there. You're both running businesses from the island. So you're able to support yourself. Uh, are your children enrolled in school or are they a little too young yet? So they're a little too young, but they are both in daycare. They're actually headed out now. Um, and they ha- it's, again, kind of crazy. They had never had a babysitter in all of our days in the United States because I never felt comfortable. I never mm. felt comfortable leaving my babies with anybody. Mm. Um, because of what the reality of what happens in schools and institutions in the United right. States is that right. no matter how much you pay for tuition and how safe you think they are, someone can come up in the school and, and, and take your baby from, you, mm. take your baby's life. Mm. So um, they are not in school, but they are in daycare, but they will be enrolled in school in a few years for sure. Now, was there a language barrier uh, for those who don't know? What is the the national language of Belize? Uh, which will make it easy. <laughs> yeah, it's English. So, so she didn't English. even have to learn another language, folks. Y'all have heard me talk before about how we Americans think the whole world speaks English. She actually found a country where they do. Uh, so she didn't even have to learn another language. Um, and and are you having to navigate visa challenges, passport challenges? No. How does that work? So again, it's like, you know, when you move to another country with two kids and a few businesses, you you go and do your research. Mm. So Belize is really special, one, because it's the only country in Central or Latin America that speaks English. But two, they have extremely flexible visa requirements. Mm. So for Americans, you can come to Belize without a visa whatsoever, no tourists, work permit, nothing. You can just come with your passport and you can stay in the country for 30 days. At the point that you wish to extend, um, you pay $100 per passport holder and they give you another 30-day stamp. And you can do that for a year Mm. um, before you are encouraged to apply for permanent residency. Wow. This is amazing. Yeah. when when we have you come back, I'm already speaking that into existence. I want you to walk us through Yay. those processes of of how does one research a business venture? Uh, having virtual businesses right now, where the whole world is still you know dealing with remote, that is still a beautiful thing. Uh, so I want you to be able to walk us through the processes for determining which country. It just so happened you had this personal connection there, but there are folks perhaps who don't have personal connections to other spaces, and they are thinking about how to navigate and leave. Um, I do want to say a cautionary note, however. Sometimes when we do these shows, my fear is that uh, a bunch of Americans are going to pick up and go and then 
leave a really bad impression of Americans. Do you have any advice for Americans on how to be a good American when we travel? We don't have the best of reputations when it comes to our travel etiquette. Um, we just have a no, minute or so left. Can you give us some advice as to how to be good Americans as we're traveling? I know some of y'all are mad that I call this Americans, but you might be black. You just happen to be socialized as an American. We move differently in the world. Trust your sister when I tell you this. Uh, go ahead, Bree. What advice would you give so we don't be bad Americans traveling badly? <laughs> Yeah, so this is actually, it's been on my heart to want to say this for so long, and I'm so glad that you've provided this platform through which I can say this. So I get I get that, you know, social media is all the rave. I get that, you know, travel blogging and all that is, you know, where it's at right now. And so you've got these beautiful pictures of Black women or Black couples or Black men, you know, in all these places. And, and I love that for us. But also outside of all the pictures and all the glam, mm. a lot, the reality is a lot of these places are not glamorous at all. Right. The reality. Right. And it is so important for you to invest. And I don't mean monetarily at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Invest your time, your spirit, and your energy in connecting with these people who are providing space for you to take all these pictures. Because the reality is you can take these glam shots in Miami and LA, but the truth is you want to, you want the extra, you know, size to say, Oh, but I'm in Egypt or I'm in Tulum. I get that. I love that for you, but take some time and connect with those people. Mm. Hear a story Get off the resort, Mm. go rent a taxi or, you know, just hop in a taxi. It's so much safer than people tell you it is. Right. And and if you were really concerned about your safety, you wouldn't have gone in the first place. So the truth is you do have some level of trust for that country. Mm. Meet the people, hear a story, try food off of the resort. Again, just do your part to get to know these people so that there's context behind your glamorous pictures. Oof, you said a word. You said a word. Uh, Bree Brown, how do people follow you and, and connect with you uh, off these airwaves until we can get yes. you back on the air? Yes. So I am on Instagram at energy underscore vibration. Twitter, I am Bree Brown. TikTok, energy vibration. YouTube, energy vibration. And my blog is becomingbree.com becomingbree.com is where you can find the links to all of those many spaces. I am sending you and your beautiful family all the love uh, and appreciation because you're not just inspiring a lot of people. You're also helping us to think differently about what's acceptable here. So whether we choose to leave or not, I think being aware of the fact that normalizing what is absolutely not normal or acceptable at all, uh, or nor acceptable at all, I should say. Um, that's a really important lesson. Bree, it has been a real pleasure having you here. Cannot wait for you to come back and help us walk through some of the mechanics of this thing called leaving America, uh, also known as quitting yeah. America in some spaces. Uh, but thank you for being with us today. It's been a real pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 